Let's just close our eyes again. And let's just, I, I, I really want us to just be on the same page this morning in terms that Jesus is our only desire, that Jesus is our only focus. I didn't come, I came ready to not speak. I came ready for him to speak. I don't want to speak. I don't want to share my opinion. Neither do I want my voice to be the one that's echoing through this room. I want his voice to be the one echoing through this room. So Father, we just ask this morning, would you glorify your son, Jesus? Glorify your beautiful, beautiful son. We, as your bride, look intently on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, the beautiful one. Lord, help us to not just, help us to not live a comfortable Christianity, but Lord, help us to be challenged to walk in the fullness of who Christ is, which is to experience his resurrection, yes, but first to be joined in his suffering. Father, I thank you for a resilient bride, a beautiful bride, a bride that is not easily offended nor shaken by the, by the things that go on in this world. But I thank you that you are coming back for a pure bride without spot or wrinkle. So Father, do your work in us this morning. We invite you to come. We invite you to come. We're desperate for you to come, God. Thank you, Jesus. You're wonderful. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Well, you can be seated this morning. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, what time do you come up? Uh, okay, all right. <laughs> wow. <clears throat> Man, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Whew. All right. Well, here we go. Um, who brought their Bibles this morning? You don't got to be shy about it. Come on, we live in America. It's totally free to have a Bible. Come on, you got a Bible? Raise them up. Let me see them. Let me see it. Let me see it. Let me see it. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Come on. Why, the, the reason why I ask if you brought your Bible is because um, I don't want you to take my word for anything that I'm saying. Um, I, it's, it's very interesting in society that it could be easy for us to listen to pastors, listen to preachers, listen to teachers, and take their word for it instead of running all things through the scriptures. Every opinion that we have formulated in our lives, every mindset that we have, has to be there because we see it here, not because we thought it up or because it was a good idea to us. Um, and so I think that that's just something that's really important. As we go through the scriptures this morning, don't just take my word for it. Put your eyes on it. Put your eyes on the scriptures. Let's go together. And also, I just want to challenge us as well that when you come on Sunday mornings, <clears throat> he will pour out just as much as you put in. So to the level that you're seeking his face, he will be found by you, okay? So I, I'm just, I'm saying this in the realm too of also like note-taking. If you're here and you're like, man, you know, like I, I really wish I would have remembered that or maybe you wait till later on, but I wanna challenge us. Let's, let's, let's challenge ourselves to take notes, to read the word, to write it down, 
There's something that's so beautiful, and I love what Pastor Nicole does, but they do scripture writings. Not just scripture readings, but you write it down. Because I noticed that in my life, something switched in me whenever I wasn't just reading it, but then I actually read it, and then I wrote it down on a piece of paper. And it's like you're literally seeing the revelation of it as you're writing it. There's just something about putting something on a piece of paper instead of typing it out on your phone or taking a snapshot of it, but writing it down. Get used to writing it down. Get, fall in love with writing it down um, because we are students of the word. We're students of the word. So when we look at this, this is our textbook for life and we need to approach this the same way, honestly, that we would approach a semester in college. Do you approach a semester in college without the ability to take notes, without the ability to retain any information? So then why do we approach the scriptures? Why do we approach the scriptures like we walk away and we don't remember a single thing that we just read? Let's be students of the word. So when we come unto him, because he, Holy Spirit is the teacher, he wants to open it up. And if he doesn't open the scriptures, you're not reading the scriptures. So what that means is, if, I, if, if he doesn't open the scriptures and I read it, I can read any passage of scripture and make it whatever I want to. But if I read it through the lens of the Holy Spirit, he's opening my eyes to see and my ears to hear and my heart to receive. Now I'm seeing the scriptures for what they really mean, for what they really are. And I'm really seeing Jesus and not just my interpretation of him. Because how can, how can someone who is imperfect completely comprehend a perfect person? You can't, because my mind hasn't been there. My mind, hasn't, my mind has not achieved perfection. So if I'm running Jesus through my own lens and through my own interpretation, then he's only as good as I can think him up to be. You know what I'm talking about? And so when we open the scriptures through the lens of the Holy Spirit, he is the one who reveals, Jesus said that he will teach you all things concerning me. So Jesus is already saying, don't try to come at me without him. He's the teacher. He's the helper. He's the one when you read a scripture and you're like, why in the world did Jesus do that? Holy Spirit's like, boom, I know exactly why. Instead of us formulating our own reasonings, because once again, he's perfect. And I wanna see him rightly. I don't wanna see him the way I think is good, but I wanna see him for who he is. Man, all right. Um, it's, been, it's been interesting. The last couple months, um, I, haven't, I haven't gotten to get up here and talk to you all very much the last couple months. Uh, it's been a beautiful, beautiful time just really allowing the Lord to mold and shape and prune my heart. Um, it's so important. Um, but one of the biggest things that I've learned through these last couple of months has been in order to keep what you have, you must go after more. In order to keep what you have, you must go after more. Let me put this in the context of a relationship. Uh, let, me, let me ask you, Steve, you pursued Cheryl unto marriage, correct? When you got married, did you stop pursuing her? Why? Yeah, yeah, come on, that's like, that's it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Pursue from both sides, man, that's it. So, yeah, but you, yeah, you pursued her in the relationship. 
You both like each other. You're attracted to each other. You want more, and so you pursue more. You get married, and why do marriages fail? It's because the pursuit stops. From a guy's perspective, the guy flips into the mindset that says, oof, I got her. So if I got her, why do I need to keep chasing her? But God says in James, he says, draw near to me, and I will draw near to you. And the other thing, too, in Ephesians 5, let's actually go over there with your Bibles. Let's go to Ephesians 5. And Paul really lays out something that I think is so beautiful. He puts it in simple words. I'm a simple person. Man. He puts it out uh, in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. And he says this. He says, do not get drunk with wine for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Some other translations say, be filled continually with the Holy Spirit, which means it's an ongoing thing. Because a God who is infinite, a God who is still creating today, does not have a limit. The only limit that you ever have with God is one that you put on him. And it's to the level that you're willing to pursue him. I look at the disciples, right? So you've heard me say in the past, the gospels are written and the disciples are, are shown in the gospels, not for us to relate to the disciples, okay? We're not called to relate to the disciples. We're called to relate to Jesus because Jesus came and he walked the way he walked to show us how to live. But if I'm so busy looking at Peter's faults, and Thomas's faults, and John's faults, then I'm just trying to find comfort in why I'm where I'm at right now, which is not bad. It's important for us to take notice of those things, but the disciples are in there to show what happens when you join yourself to Jesus and how he can transform anyone and everyone into his very image. And so when we read the gospels, we're looking at Jesus, right? We wanna see him rightly. We want to become what he paid for. And so I think that the disciples are a perfect example of going after more because each one of them went after more to a certain degree. You've got Jesus had his close friends and those were the ones that really went after him. You had Peter, James, and John. Those were his close-knit guys. I mean, John is like the one who's like throwing elbows like I'm sitting there at the table. I gotta be right next to him. You know, oh, you're already sitting there? Well, here, I'll just get in his lap and I'll just lay on his chest. You know, you guys seen that Wendy's commercial recently for like the Santa one and they have like the new mint uh, Frosties and like the dude that looks like Santa's sitting there eating it and the guy's like, you think that's, you know, and one of the workers is just like, excuse me, and just like sits in his lap while he's eating. It's super funny. You, you had to be there. But um, to the level that you seek him, the level that you want him, he will pour himself out on you. And I love John. I love looking at John because John was the only disciple that was given the revelation of Jesus all the way at the end of the Bible. That's not, that's not to discredit any of the other disciples' pursuits. They pursued Jesus and they lived incredible, incredible lives. But what I'm seeing is John was, he, he, he saw Jesus differently. When you read the gospels, all of the gospels start with the life of Jesus, okay? But when you get to John, he starts John 1.1, 1, 1, in the beginning. <laughs> We're talking about Jesus here. 
Why are we going back to in the beginning? Because what John's doing is John is establishing from the get-go. He is fully God, fully man, and he is oh so beautiful. He's not just trying to tell you about the life of Jesus. He's trying to tell you who Jesus is. And the life that followed was a direct reflection of his character and who he is. And so to keep what we have, we have to go after more. And I think many a times we may ask ourselves, well, how do you go after more? How do you pursue more? And for one of the things that the Lord's really shown me has been look in your time that you're spending with me, I'll pinpoint certain houses of worship and places that are going places with me that you're not at yet. And it's not a discredit to you, but it's to show you they're seeing more of me. And I want you to take notice of what they're doing, how they're approaching conversations, how they're doing things, right? Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ, okay? So what Paul's laying out is, hey, I want you to pursue Jesus, but you may not exactly know what that looks like. So in the meantime, let me hold your hand. I'm gonna hold the hand of Jesus. You follow me as I'm following Jesus, And then the day comes when this is going to happen, right? So Timothy, Timothy, for example, Paul's like, all right, boom, boom. All right, follow me. We're following Jesus. And then the day came when Timothy went like that. And Paul's now like, all right, now you go and do the same for other people. You go and show them how to follow Jesus, but they got to see it through how you live. And so for me, I'm a very visual person. Like, you can explain something to me all day. It's like, oh my goodness, like we saw this mountain and it was like this, it was kind of shaped like this and had crevices over here and everything. And I'm like, "Uh uh-huh, you got a picture? (laughs) Like, just like pull it up on your phone, bro. Just show me that way. Because I'm a visual person. If I'm at work and they need me to do something, like my boss already knows. He's like, all right, hey, you know what? Just come on, let's just go down there and let's take a look. And I'm, I'm just, that's how, that's, that's how I am. And so a couple months ago, what was it? It was, yeah, it was, it was a couple months. It was in September. It was in September. We went down to Jesus Image in Orlando, Florida. They were having a pastors and leaders conference down there. Rocked my world. And I'm not saying like, oh my goodness, Jesus Image is like, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> like, no, but what I'm saying is we went down there and we saw a people that were so collectively in love with Jesus that we took notice of that and it marked us. It marked us. And I mean, cause I'm talking like pastors and leaders from all over the country, we're all coming together at this one, you know, it's a pastor's conference. <laughs> so we're all getting together. All of the volunteers that are working the, the event are all their students from Jesus School that they have down there in Orlando. Every single one of them is like, oh my goodness, we're so glad you're here. Like, praise God, we're so happy. You know, there's that part of you where someone's like so nice, you kind of think it's fake. You know, I'm talking like greater than Chick-fil-A level. Like it feels like, okay, you're being overly nice to me. I don't know how I feel about this. But I mean, they would just come up to you and they'd just be like, oh my goodness, yeah, please. We need you, like your seats are right here. Let us know if there's anything we can do for you, you know, and like, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And it's like, cool. And um, and we're, sit- we're, we're, we're sitting and we're just waiting. I mean, we're looking around the room and I'm just, I'm seeing people in the room that I'm like, oh my goodness, I can't believe that we're here in this room. Like there are generals in the faith that are literally, that they have come. And I'm like, man, if they have come, then they see something happening here. And, um, and then worship starts. And I mean, like every row, there's like, like 
two volunteers here, two there, two there on the sides because they're all making sure that everyone is like good, that everyone has like found their seat if they have any questions. So there's volunteers everywhere and you can tell because I got name tags on. As soon as worship starts, I noticed every single one of those volunteers either was, either fell to their knees, fell to their face or was bawling their eyes out uncontrollably. These are their volunteers, every single one of them. And I'm just, I'm, I'm like, I'm lost in worship. It's beautiful, but I can't help but take notice that there's, a, that there's a, a girl who's volunteering who goes to their school who's flat on her face and I can hear her wailing. And all we've sang thus far is Jesus. Like literally, the worship team came out. John Wilds is there and he just gets up and he just starts going, Jesus, 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 Jesus. We sang that for like 20 minutes. And people are flat on their faces, bawling their eyes out. You can't be in that environment and be like, oh man, I've gone after everything there is to go after. You know? No, I'm looking at that and I'm like, I want to know him how she knows him. Like, I don't know how to get there, but I want that. It's not because I'm putting faith in the fact that I have to shed tears to know that God's with me, but the fact that just the mention of his name would move her heart to where she physically cannot stand and is on her face, bawling her eyes out because just the name of Jesus has moved her that much. Oh, I have to have that. I want that. I want my heart to be so tender toward the Lord. And part of the reason why I think that they're experiencing Jesus to the way or to the extent that they are is because they're seeing him all aspects of who he is. In order for us to experience more of Jesus, we have to seek Jesus, the servant, Jesus, the savior, Jesus, the lover, Jesus, the prisoner, Jesus, the sufferer. We have to come at every single angle, but I feel like the majority of the church just wants Jesus, the, Jesus, the provider. A good portion of the church just wants uh, Jesus, the hype man. But how willing are we to go after the beautiful sides of Jesus and the sides of Jesus that were marred beyond, <laughs> beyond recognition? And so that's something, I know I've already been talking a little bit, but we have to go after just him and every part of who he is. Because I see that when he is exalted in every area, every part of who he is, is recognized and paid attention to, he comes. Because he comes when he knows you're not just gonna want me for what I can do for you, but you're actually going to be a bride to me. I was seeing this the other day because in school we were reading this book last month and it was called My All for Him. Um, incredible book, incredible book. It was literally about <laughs> how to fall more in love with Jesus. I mean, what, the first five chapters are just about first love? Like it's crazy. And I'm just sitting there and I'm reading this book and it's literally talking about he is the bridegroom. We are the bride. Revelation 19 talks about the marriage supper of the lamb. Jesus is coming back. I love uh, how Todd White says it, that Jesus is coming back 
And it's not a rescue mission. It's a pickup for a wedding day. Jesus is coming to pick up his bride. So it's not, help me, Lord, get me out of here. No, instead it's, I have made myself ready. I am getting dressed. I am buttoning my shirt. I'm positioning myself and posturing myself in love at all times that when Jesus comes in, I'm ready. And, oh, but with a bridal mindset, we have to be willing to say, Jesus, I want to hurt for what hurts you. I want to feel what you feel. I want to experience the things that you're experiencing. Growing up with B and I, when she would get hurt, and it wasn't my fault, whenever she would just get hurt, I wasn't the one that hurt her, but you know. Um, when she would get hurt, as her brother, I would want to come and say, what can I do? How can I help? I don't know what you're feeling right now, but I feel like the best way for me to be there for her sometimes was to just sit down and just hold her or to just figure out how she's feeling and to come alongside that. Because there's beauty in that. There's beauty in that. And we look at the Lord and we need to look at him and say, Father, what that is happening in my life, is there anything in my life that grieves you in your heart? Because as your bride, I cannot afford to do anything that grieves your heart. You guys, you guys hear what I'm saying? Okay, okay. I just want to make sure that we are all, we're all following. Because he longs for that. He longs for that. He wants relationship. We preach this all the time. It's not about religion, man. It's about relationship. What does that mean? How do you walk out relationship with Jesus? You want him to bless you. You want him to come on Sunday mornings. You want to see him, but do you want to join, do you want to be joined with him in his suffering? Do we want to see the cross and say, Father, pin me to that cross alongside you? Do we see that? Because we want to experience the glory of God. And many a times we look at what happens in worship or we look at what happens here, those goosebump moments when you're just like, oh, like his presence is here. The glory is in the room. But if you don't see him rightly and if we're not loving him with bridal love, then what we're doing is we won't be able to carry the glory the way it's meant to be carried. David, he went, whenever he became king, he said, let's go and bring the ark back to Jerusalem. And they took a new cart, a new cart. That's not how the ark was transported. God wanted to have his presence be amongst the people. And he created us to be the only things on the earth that can carry his glory. And that's why, that's part of the reason why the ark was, the ark was designed the way it was because he wanted man to carry the glory. We're made to carry it, but we're not made to touch it. The moment you touch it is when you fall into Lucifer's mindset, which is I will be like the most high. But when you carry the glory, you say, this is weighty. Oh God, what can I do for you? How can I serve you? And isn't it interesting that there were two poles that needed to run along the sides of the ark? Two poles. Guess what? When you take it out, to carry the glory of God, you have to carry what burdens him. 
The cross was a burden unto Jesus. He said, deny yourselves, take up your cross and follow me. It's a glory that we're called to as believers. But we have to be ready and willing to be joined with him in his sufferings. Yeah, he's the God of resurrection life. Yeah, he's the Jesus to where when he walks in the room, literally graves will open up. I love the fact of thinking Jesus, when he was, when he was talking with Lazarus, I heard one minister say, Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. Because if he would have just said, come forth, all the graves would have opened up. He needed to be specific because Jesus knew the power. When, when he died on the cross, some graves opened up in Jerusalem. And, it, and scripture says that those that came back, they went to their family members in the city and they walked around the city for a few days. Like, that's crazy to me. And so, of course, we love that side of Jesus. We want that side of him. But would you be willing to look at him and say, put me next to you on the whipping post? I want to be joined with you. I want to do what Peter wanted to do, but didn't have the strength to do because he didn't have the capacity or the ability to love you that now we do. Once he had Holy Spirit, boom, you see it in Peter's life, transformation, power. Now he's walking. And now he counted it so holy as to say, I cannot be crucified the same way he was. Do it upside down because it's so holy. But we have to be ready to be joined with him in his sufferings. And I'll just give us a couple, a couple scriptures on this. Well, first of all, we need to take joy when met with trials. Joy with trials, all right? World sees trials and it goes, man, this is the worst day ever. Lovers of Jesus see trials and we go, oh, this is my time. This is my opportunity to manifest my king. And I want us to turn to Romans chapter five. Romans chapter five. We're gonna go verse three through five. <laughs> now this is written by a guy that knows suffering. By a guy who knows what it's like to go through hard times. This is Paul. He writes this and he says in verse three. Well, I'll start in verse two. Well, we'll just go to one. We'll just do one, one through five. <laughs> Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's a whole thing in and of itself. It's amazing. Through Jesus, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings knowing that suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. We need to become what we behold. We need to behold him because the world is counting on us to become like him. All of creation is groaning and waiting for the sons and daughters of God to manifest him. The world is waiting for Jesus, the real Jesus. My mind goes to, <laughs> you know, that old rap song, will the real Slim Shady please stand up? 
I don't mean to unsanctify this moment, but it was just like, hey, the world is looking and saying, will the real believer stand up? Will the real Jesus lover stand up? Because what the world is used to is asking tough questions to Christians and Christians being like, oh, well, God's in control, man. Or hey, everything happens for a reason, man. I don't, I don't know, like God, God's sovereign. That's not enough for the world today. It's not enough for the world just as much as a child asking their mother, hey, can I have this? And the mom said, no, because I said so. Sometimes there needs to be an explanation. Why is this wrong? Why is this right? And as the church, the world needs to know more of what we're for than what we're against. If they only know what we're against, how are we manifesting Jesus to them? All they know is what they're not supposed to do. Why would you want to get into a relationship with that? If I saw a girl and I was like, man, you're super cute, let's get into a relationship, but the whole time she told me everything I couldn't do, I'd be like, this is not fun. <laughs> like, I can't go here, I can't do this, can't do that. But instead, if, I, if we talked about what we stood for, what do you think about this? What do you believe about this? Come on, let's, 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 let's figure each other out. I want to know your heart and I want you to know my heart, but I, don't want, I want you to know what I love more than what I hate. And it's our job to represent Jesus to the church or to the world. And so when we have a revelation of Jesus, the world doesn't look at us and like, oh, there's those Christians, man, they don't like drinking. Instead, they look at us and they say, oh my goodness, there's something different about them. I look in their eyes and I just, I see something. It's because when a people are fully convinced in his beauty and his goodness and his character and we're completely obsessed with him at all times i'm not saying we can't enjoy things go for a bike ride but go for a bike ride with him <laughs> you know like go play basketball but play basketball with him don't pass it to him because i mean he won't catch it but you know go to a movie a good one don't go to a bad one make sure he make sure it's a movie that he would go to I'm not saying you can't live your life, but when you're in love with him, it turns into this. Instead of, Lord, I want to do this. Instead, you find yourself more and more and more being like, what do you want to do? Where do you want to go? Who do you want to talk to? How are we going to represent you today? What are we going to do? And by the time you lay your head on your pillow at night, you're going to be like, man, Lord, I know I just had one instance today, but I didn't miss it. And I gave you to that person. Man, I, I feel like I even didn't really do that good of a job, but I thank you that I'm falling more in love with you every day and it's just gonna get easier and easier and easier because what was second nature is meant to become first nature to us. Oh man, there's so many places we could go, but. <laughs> Philippians 3, verse eight through 11. Let's go there, Philippians 3. Uh, and I'm in the ESV cherry, sorry, I don't think I told you that. Verse 8 through 11. Once again, this is Paul, and he's talking. You start at that place where it's, you know, man, I didn't know this life was possible to live in love with Jesus like I do. Like me with that, that volunteer. I look at that and I'm like, man, how do I, how, 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 <laughs> how do I get there? 
And let me tell you something. I, after we got back from that conference, we were going after the presence of the Lord. And the week we got back, we probably went through some really tough stuff the moment we got back. And what we did was we, I remember it like it was yesterday. It was on a Saturday. It was around three in the afternoon. I was sitting in my room. Both my parents came in and they were just sitting there and we were all just talking. We were just processing things. And then all of a sudden we stopped talking. We just sat there and I just felt in my heart to turn on worship music. And so I turned on worship music and we just sat there and we just listened to a beautiful song called I Just Love You. And we just sat there and we closed our eyes and tears just began to fall. And mom's sitting on the couch and she's just, tears are beginning to stream down her face. Dad, if you know dad, he's, he's pacing back and forth when he prays. And so he's walking back and forth and just tears are starting to fall. Next thing I know, an hour later, I'm on my face struggling to breathe because he hit us so hard. It was like his love just came in and just went like this, just grabbed us as tight as he could. And it literally like, I felt the Lord grip my heart. But like, you know, a stress ball, you know, when you're like, when you're like, you challenge yourself to see how hard you can squeeze it. And it literally felt like that. It felt like the Lord had my heart in his hand and he was just gripping it tighter and tighter and tighter. But instead of discomfort, I was just like, more confidence was coming. And then I remember I got up off the floor and I was just thinking to myself like, whoa. I didn't know that I could experience this. I didn't know when it would come, how it would manifest. I'd just seen somebody <laughs> that was experiencing you like this. And now here I am getting smacked by you. And it literally came at the, at the weirdest time, but I love it. I love you. I don't love the experience. I love you. Because when you serve a God who is crazy infinite and beautiful, <laughs> and then he touches someone as small as you, you think you're just gonna sit there and be like, oh. <laughs> I'm talking like a huge reaction is gonna take place. And the only way that your body knows how to process it, <laughs> I've seen people like shake, scream, shout. It's because when God touches someone, you can't, you might as well take, take, all, take, take your hands off of trying to compose yourself. Just be like, Lord, hit me. And he hits you. But Philippians chapter three, and I'll finish, I'll finish with this. Philippians chapter three, verse eight through 10. It says, indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and I count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a resurrection or not having a righteousness of my own that comes through the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. And he doesn't stop there. And may share 
in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. Becoming like him in his death. That by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Paul saw this. He saw this. He sees Jesus and he says, this is a king that is worthy of my everything. No one else went to a cross on account of me. No one else gave up everything for me. No one else was chained to a whipping post. And I love, I love how uh, an, an amazing man of God said it, that Jesus didn't need to be chained to that whipping post. He would have held on for it just for you. He would have held on to it just for you. He defeated death, hell, and the grave the moment he was in the garden. He said, therefore, not my will, but yours be done. He won in that instant. And when we approach Jesus in bridal love as his bride, we're saying, I'm joined to my husband. So therefore, not my will, but yours. Not my will, but yours be done. Come on. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Can we all just close our eyes and just where you're at right now, just begin to just, just thank the Lord. Just give him thanks with your mouth. Just let him know how beautiful he is, how much you love him. And I mean like open your mouth and like say it audibly, not for me to hear it, for you to hear it. Just begin to give him thanks, give him praise. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we thank you. Jesus, we worship you. We worship you. Jesus, there's no one like you. There's no one besides you. We love you. Father, tenderize our hearts towards you, Lord. Tenderize our hearts. You know, we're speaking things out loud. It's so important that we learn how to speak out our love for Jesus. Because once again, you're not saying it for other people to hear you. You're saying it for you. You're saying it for you. There's a moment to be quiet in church, but I believe wholeheartedly that there is a moment when we need to lift up our own voices. We need to lift up our own songs. It's not enough to sit there in silence and be like, well, the Lord hears my heart. He knows my own desires. He does, but he wants you to speak it out. He wants you to speak it out. I'll share one more story and then we're gonna take communion. When we were at that pastor's conference, you can find this moment on YouTube. We had been worshiping for about 45 minutes. It's at that point, some people were like, whoa, 45 minutes, glory, you know? But we had gone and then when we finished who, who was speaking that night, he got up on the platform and he said, he said, just begin to lift up your voices for like a minute. He said, just take this next minute. I want every person to lift up your voices and begin to give the Lord praise. At that moment, every voice in the room started, every person. It was like you didn't care. And every person just immediately, just started giving praise and glory to Jesus. And as we started, 
at first you're like, all right, you know, like we've been asked to do this a couple times already and it's beautiful, you know, I love Jesus, I love Jesus. And so we just, we closed our eyes and we just started to go. And then all of a sudden it was like, Jesus, <laughs> many a times I've seen him to move in waves. He comes in waves. And it was like a wave hit the auditorium. And next thing we knew, we were screaming and shouting and telling him how much we loved him. And we were just like, oh, God, you're amazing, yes. And, and the band just starts, like, no joke, every person in the room started screaming because the Lord just swept in the room. The drummer, he's screaming, and he's just, the Lord is playing through him. The lady on the cello, she's playing, and she's just screaming because the Lord's touching her. There was a choir on the platform, and every single one of them was red-faced, just screaming and shouting Jesus. The worship team were literally, like, bawling and screaming, and you don't know how to handle yourself in that moment. And it was messy and beautiful. And, and the guy that got up and invited us to enter into this moment, next thing I knew, he literally just went like this. He was like, well. <laughs> and he went and hid behind the stringed instruments. He was like, I'm going to let the, the, the king just came in. The king just came in, and I'm going to let him do what he wants to do. For 20 minutes, we screamed and we shouted, and nobody asked, how long? And oh my goodness, like, I think about that moment almost every day because what we saw happen was what happens when you open your mouth and you, ex and you exalt him with your own voice, with your own praise. Because it's, it's, it's beautiful when we sing what we see on the screen, but then it's beautiful when the Lord just hears it straight from your heart what's on your heart, give it to me. If it's just telling him thank you, if it's just saying his name. But we need to learn how to speak it out in those moments. Like I said, whenever we're in worship and I'm like, come on, lift up your own song. I'm not saying I gotta hear you because man, this set's kind of rocky right now. I need to feel better about myself. That's not why I'm doing that. I close my eyes more and more and more during worship sets because I don't want to look at you. I'm looking at him. And there are some Sundays when I walk off the platform and I'm like, man, that was super dry. And the Lord's like, because you were looking at them and not at me. But when we look at him and we fix our gaze on him, it's what do you want? What can I give you? And that's what we saw happen in that room was the whole room of people said, I'm giving you my song. I'm giving you my voice. And the Lord said, great. And I'm going to have you do it for 20 minutes because I love it. And you're not going to want to stop. Okay. Well, can we stand up this morning?